DJ and PK brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Time now to talk some college sports with Andy Katz, college football digital reporter for Basketball. NCAA.com, Big Ten Network, and Fox Sports. He used to work at ESPN.com. You would see him and on ESPN. You'd see him on TV. I'd always see him around March Madness. Oh, for sure. And you'd always see him uh, with President Obama in the Oval Office or the East Room or whatever, the Blue Room. I don't know where they were doing it. Picking games. And then ESPN had the layoffs, and uh, he's put together this new deal. Doing stuff for Fox and for the Big Ten and NCAA.com. And you go way back with him, PK. Yeah, he, he worked at Albuquerque. Sit next to him at the pit in the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Watching the Lobos and the Utes and some classic showdowns. And then at the, I always loved the conference tournament in Vegas. Everybody would get together. I mean, those were the heydays of the media. I mean, like Denver would travel at four people. You, know, you had the Rocky Mountain News. You had uh, the Post. The Denver Post. Yeah. You had the paper up in uh, uh, Fort Collins. And then you'd get a columnist or two of photographers. Yeah, it was, was a big deal, particularly when the Utes would come to town, even the Cougars. In, in those days, I was covering the Utes. Was, yeah, and they had great teams. I, I feel like a relic here talking about the old days. It's <laughs> just 20 <laughs> years ago, but yeah, those are great, great times. Now some of those newspapers don't even exist. Uh, was it the Rocky Mountain News went under? Correct. Yeah, and Denver Post, it's a one-paper town now. Yeah, it sucks. And people don't travel four. They're more likely to travel one or two. Right. It's a different era. If at all. Right. But yeah. there's a lot of digital dot-comers there who didn't used to be there. So okay. everything's morphed and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the league itself has teams coming and going. But the media was a tight uh, uh, group of folks. Because at that point when you came into the 90s, were you the new guy? A bunch of them had been on the, on the beat already uh, some for, of them. for 10 or 15 years. You have to check with Andy. I'm not sure when he started in Albuquerque. I think he's probably a little bit younger than I am. Uh, and then he went on to Fresno and hung out with him a little bit there, too. And then the next thing you know, he hit the big time. <laughs> <laughs> where, where was it when uh, you were sitting on a rock under a tree or something and he went blown by on a phone or something? Or you were on the phone? Oh, yeah, I felt... Uh, no, no, no. He's, he's coming, walking... I think we're in New Orleans. And, and I didn't... And he walked by me, and I said, and he didn't say anything or something. And and I said something about him big time, and me, you're on the phone. I felt really bad. <laughs> so you, so you jamming somebody up. And he's not the type of big big time anybody. All right, Andy joins us now. He is on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung tag a tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Andy, good morning. Uh, good morning, guys. So, Andy, we were just... I know big time. I, I know, I've known Patrick for 25, well, I don't know, how old, many years. Yeah. I don't big time. Right, you don't. You don't. I felt like a fool. <laughs> I was embarrassed that I, I said that. that. I yeah. know, but it's so you. <laughs> just take a shot at somebody. I know. I felt bad. Try to get a reaction. <laughs> you do that all the time. Uh, Andy, before we get uh, to uh, all the sports we want to talk about, you know, people are familiar from reading you and seeing you on ESPN for years, and we all know the media's changing dramatically. Everything's in flux, and so ESPN's losing subscribers. They have massive round of layoffs, and you get caught up in that, and now it looks like you're doing the hustle now. The Big Ten Network, Fox Sports, NCA.com. 
you got a podcast. How does the media change for you, and how do you put it all together when ESPN just basically you know turns everything upside down? So actually, I feel better than ever, uh, and I'm doing really well, and I have no complaints. Um, the only one is I am traveling more, uh, but you know my kids are older; they're in high school, so you know this would have been harder if they were little. Um, to travel as much in the school year as I do now, but um, so that's the only negative. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as one door closes, another one opens, and I've, I'm a firm believer in not being bitter, not being angry. If anything, when I go back to what happened in April of 17, uh, I was hurt, disappointed, kind of shocked, and I never, you know, everyone deals with everything differently, and I, I just never went through the the anger part, because I didn't feel it was healthy for me. And I didn't want my family to see me, you know, um, in that way. Uh, and also I knew I did nothing wrong and I was doing great. So um, the good news was I had years left on my contract. And so um, I was not, you know, in any dire situation. And, uh, you know, because I, I, and I know this, because I was in good standing there, um, I negotiated to where, you know, I could sort of do things as an offset, if you will. And, uh, um, and that sort of opened the door to NCA.com and Big Ten Network. And then uh, that spun into Fox Sports, Big Ten Network. Now I've added Pac-12. Uh, and then uh, the, um, uh, I've, you know, sort of opened up to doing um, sort of a bunch of other little conferences. I shouldn't say little. I mean, other conferences um, where I'm doing things for them, uh, you know, whether it's WCC. I do some stuff with Missouri Valley and America East. Um, and uh, basically I put this pie together and, uh, you know, I'm writing less, uh, which I do miss, but I'm feeding sort of the monster of everyone wants, you know, video they want you know, reaction, they want rankings and lists and opinion. And so I changed with the times and, and, uh, and it's working out well. I mean, so I, you know, I, I don't really have any complaints and I don't feel like I missed the beat in terms of, you know, being away. And then the other thing, you know, you mentioned ESPN, uh, I wasn't replaced. So I don't feel like, you know, they went in a different direction because, you know, I just, I, they didn't hire someone to replace me. Well, good to hear that you're doing well, Andy, because you're a good dude and you worked hard all these years and you certainly deserve it, that's for sure. I can testify that through firsthand experience and eyewitness. And since you said you've been doing stuff for the WCC, I wanted to hit on BYU a little bit. Mark Pope, new staff, first year and all that, doing a marvelous job, but it just seems like the Cougars can't catch a break. You know, they, they, they had some nice wins. They get a little momentum going in the conference, and then Yoli Childs goes down. And, you know, Baxter has been down the whole season, and we know about Childs' suspension early in the year. So my thought for you is if Childs, if they could just hold the fort down, so to speak, between now and when he comes back, and they can put together a good February when it comes time for selection Sunday, do you think the committee or how much would the committee take into effect the suspension slash injury to Yoli and if he's healthy at that time and they're playing good ball to help them get in the tournament? 
I, I definitely think it factors in, you know, for example, the Houston win is going to end up really helping them because that was a game they won without him uh, on the road. Uh, and now Houston is playing great. And really, I think, you know, Houston and Wichita are probably the favorites to win the American now. So that win is going to have great, you know, shelf life. Um, you know, uh, the UCLA win, UCLA is obviously up and down. Um, you know, they can hope that UCLA gets its numbers up. But I do think that if they can, you're right, hold the fort. But, you know, last night was a missed opportunity. Could have been another, you know, great win against uh, St. Mary's. Um, you, you hate to say that because it feels like this every year, but I kind of feel like they got to beat Gonzaga once. Uh, you know, I, I, you gotta, they got to beat them once, whether that's you know, Spokane, Provo, or in Las Vegas, uh, if they got the opportunity. Uh, I'm not saying that's the deciding factor, but I think they've got to do that. Now, what will help them is, uh, you know, and this is the same thing for Utah, by the way, too, because they've got some good wins. It, nothing is – no team is in its own silo. Everything is related. And, for example, because I was going to put together a bracket for March Madness next week, I mean, right now, I only feel comfortable with four ACC teams, and that's not the norm. But, you know, it's all interconnected. And North Carolina's gone on a tank. They're not any good right now. Uh, you know, it's basically Florida State, Duke, Louisville, and Virginia. And so if that holds true, you know, that's another opportunity for a BYU or maybe Utah, if you can be in the conversation. So, you know, they always look at good wins, and you bring up, uh, you know, the fact they got Houston and they have a chance to get Gonzaga here. Also, really bad losses figure out. Yoli didn't play when they lost at Boise State in OT. The other losses, you know, San Diego State, obviously a good team. Uh, the Utah loss, his first game back. How much do Utah, Boise State, uh, will they factor in? So there have been years past, and you guys know this, where BYU had bad losses. Like mm-hmm. everything you rattled off, um, I still don't think is a bad loss. I mean, we'll see where Boise ends up, but that was on, if I'm not mistaken, that was on the road. Yep. Um, and it was close. So, um, you know, that, that, that to me is not a bad loss. And then the Utah game, you know, Utah is going to be decent where – you know, they, they knocked off Oregon. They beat Kentucky. I mean, you guys all know this. So um, that's not a bad loss, and it was overtime again. Uh, so I, I don't think they've got any really bad black marks on their resume right now. They just need more wins. Um, and, and now what they can't do, and they've done this before, is like they can't lose to San Diego, for example. Uh, and I would say, looking at the WCC right now, San Diego, probably Loyola, maybe Portland, but, you know, this, this will help them if they can beat these teams, especially on the road. You know, like Pacific is much better. Uh, Pepperdine, much better. You know, Santa Clara, which lost to USF last night, they have been playing better. Like, their numbers are better. So that helps BYU because it's been years past where if you don't beat St. Mary's or Gonzaga, then you got no chance. Um, but, uh, you know, some of these other wins – could help them if those other teams continued to have decent numbers. Pac-12 currently has three ranked teams, uh, one of which is not Stanford, who is 13-2 and and 2-0 and in the conference. How many teams you see getting out of the Pac-12 into the tournament? 
Well, you know, my gut says if they can take care of business, I say five, but that might be generous. Um, you know, I felt really good about USC before they got blitzed by Washington, and then felt good about Washington until they lost Quadi Green, who was academically ineligible. Um, Stanford's got an interesting resume because they haven't played great teams, um, yet they've got good numbers. Uh, you know, they're high in the net. Um, you know, last night was obviously a good win for them. They had to come back and win that game. So, you know, they could end up being right there. I, I would say it's it, the height is probably five, but I could, like I said, I could see Utah replacing, um, you know, one of those like a USC or a Washington or maybe a Stanford. Uh, and then the other sort of team that's hanging around there, uh, we'll see, you know, how they perform here is Oregon State. Um, you know, Oregon State had a win at Colorado. Uh, they have to be a little bit more consistent. So I would say there's at least seven to eight that are in contention. My gut says it'll settle in around five. The Utes have beaten uh, Kentucky, which is a great win, and they have beaten BYU. The losses to San Diego State and Oregon, those are obviously very good teams. But when you got Coastal Carolina and Tulane losses on your schedule, what kind of games do they have to win going forward to offset that? So, you know, every game counts. Those were early um, and missed opportunities for them in that tournament in South Carolina. But, um, you know, I, I feel like because they beat Kentucky on a neutral, uh, the BYU win, and especially now this Oregon win, with Oregon winning last night against Arizona, that's going to get better and better. That's going to, you know, that's going to grow well with age. And, uh, you know, if they can just keep protecting the home court, um, like, for example, you know, Colorado loses to Oregon State. Um, you know, Utah, um, you know, they played well last weekend. If they can continue that and make it a difficult place to go into the Huntsman Center and, and, and get those wins and then steal a couple on the road, they're going to be right there, which would really be remarkable because, you know, this was a high turnover on this roster. Obviously, Timmy Allen's playing really well for them. But I, I will say this about Larry Kostowiak. Uh you know, his teams continue to get better throughout the course of the season. And we've seen that. Um, if they can just clean up some of the early part, but uh, he really has done a really nice job of, of keeping them, you know, competitive and relevant as the season progresses. Yeah, that's for sure. And with all these young guys, it looks like, you know, whether they don't get in this year, it looks like the future is pretty bright for next year and beyond that, as long as the guys stay, and hopefully they do that. We thought that Utah State was going to be taking the world by storm, but they've struggled a little bit. It looks like they've got a lot of work to do. I can't imagine, though, back when we covered the Mountain West, which was used to the old whack, that they would only get the Aztecs in. In my mind, that's got to be at least a two, if not a three-bid league, right? It should be. Um, yeah, Utah State's been a little disappointing. And, and I know they've had injuries. I know Kata has not been healthy. And that's obviously a major factor because that one-two punch with Sam Merrill. Um, but it's weird. Like, it almost mirrors exactly what happened with Nevada last year, where two years ago, you know, Nevada took the league by storm, and they had this great run. And then all these expectations came to the Wolfpack. And then last year, they started losing games. And, you know, they barely got in. Um, and then they didn't do well once they were in. And, uh, you know, they sort of feel like Utah State, 
surprise. You know, last year they win the league over Nevada. Now there's all this hype, top 25, uh, and now they're suffering that same fate. I mean, literally it looks very much the same of what happened to the Wolfpack. Well, Andy, we appreciate a few minutes. Congrats on the, uh, you know, negotiating all the turbulent media times. Good work there, and I look forward to talking to you down the road. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Andy Katz checking in. NCA.com, Big Ten Network, Fox Sports, and as he says, doing work on a host of conferences.